my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Studio 22. Welcome to Studio 22 Podcast. I am your host, Will Meldman, with my amazing co-host, Brock O'Hearn, as always. We are sitting here today with the legendary Daniel Cates, one of the number one poker players in the entire world, with over 11.8 million in winnings on full tilt and poker stars alone, two World Series of Poker bracelets, literally one of the best in the world. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, thank you. Thanks for the nice words. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so great being here. Dude, so happy to have you on, man. It's uh, It was a pleasure meeting you not too long ago. And uh, uh it was a lot of fun playing poker with you as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew right away I was going to lose, so that was, yeah. that, was that happened. Uh, but, don't, well, don't sell yourself so short. There's tons of luck in poker. It's yeah, a, dude. I mean, I I would love to hear uh, what got you interested in poker in the first place. So, what got me interested in poker in the first place is it, it was kind of simple, to be honest. I was playing games. You know, I was just some kid playing games, and I was able to beat my friends at these games like chess and then you know online video games and, and like this game called bubble trouble and then oh yeah game called command and conquer or minesweeper or things like that and became very good at them uh and then along came poker where it was this game where i could play it and make some money at it so i thought oh well all right now we're talking <laughs> and I had heard of this idea of a day job. Uh, I was kind of aloof as a kid, but one thing, one of the few things stuck with me is it sounded terrible to have like a day job work, you know, 10 hours a day or whatever it is, nine to five, eight, eight hours a day doing something you hate. I just wanted to be free um, and do doing what I loved. It still sounds terrible right now, I would say. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's even worse now, I think. <laughs> I've heard, uh, I've heard college students are kind of screwed and. 
Um, it's really, it's a lot harder than it used to be. In fact, like jobs are getting harder and harder to get. I hear you have to be more and more qualified kind of thing. Um, is Command and Conquer like Age of Empires? Because I would play Age of Empires all the time. I play that, yeah, too. Um, it's kind of like that, except now instead of fighting with, you know, warriors and guys on cavalry and trebuchets and uh, cannons. Yeah. You know, you're fighting with like, you know, uh, you drop like a Moab or someone and there's like a group where it's like uh, the terrorist group and then it's the Chinese with the nukes and the So it's mo- like modern military, military. It's like modern fantasy. It's not really okay. modern. Um, like there's like an Air Force. There was an Air Force general and then, you know, they had like uh, this, these like uh, fighter jets that would come around and fire a bunch of jets and like helicopters with dudes fire rockets out of it. I I mean, I have to look into that. Yeah. Like my older brother and I were so into age of empires. If it's anything like that, I'm going to love it. Um, but I, I really like that concept too, of like video games that escape because a lot of those games too have like tons of strategy to them. Like they really require you to think. And that's what I loved about them too is like, it is like chess. It's not just like go out there and like Call of Duty where you got to go just shoot everyone or whatever. I mean, you got to think during that too. But um, so it totally makes sense, that kind of natural progression into poker. You said you were like 17 when that when that happened? Yeah. Like around then? Yeah. You still play video games today? Or? Very, very occasionally. I, I tried to, because like a video game and a real game and well, whatever you want to call it, like like something in life are not really that different. If you think about it, it's just the way that you get an emotional high just happens to Mm. work out in a different sort of way. It it may be, it may be a bit more delayed. Like instead of like, I get, you could like hypothetically make a game where you go to the gym and you click a button, you do like biceps and stuff like that. Right. You can make a game like this and there probably are games where you do something similar, like the Sims. Why don't just play the Sims in real life? And now you've got like an actual house (laughs) <laughs> and now you've got a career and now you get the body and all of that. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. at some point I slowly grew out of them and I started basically like, you know, trying to work, work myself into the real world or like real world passions like took over. So I still play them a little bit, but I don't think it's really um, the way I look at it is it's better and healthier to not spend too much time on them on them. Versus on other things. Uh, I think that's the right way to look at it. Uh, you could say people would go to a certain extreme or, or moralizing it where they would say, oh, video games are bad. I think that's a little bit too black and white where it's like a, an option and there's healthier options that are better long term. Um, I think that's, that's a better view and I'm just more preoccupied with that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. I, I use them as like an outlet. Right. Like yeah. if it's after the work day and I'm stressed out or tired or whatever, I'll go play a game of FIFA online or something. And like, oh, yeah, totally. It'll take me out of the world and I'll just be, you know, play a game or two and be good to go. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, yeah. I mean, like, why not have a little bit of fun or like, you know, just do something that's relaxing? Like, I did the exact same thing. If I lost like a, the big day of poker, I would like play video games to relax and take my mind off it. It yeah. worked, it worked great. That was one of the first things I, I never played them when I was, oh, I mean, I did, but not very much uh, when I was younger. And when I moved to LA, I was so inundated with work 24 seven. It felt like all the time I was always around people, always on sets, everything. I just would turn on a video game, play for five minutes just to get my mind off some, you know, everything just for a minute and like help me relax. So 
it was a nice little escape in that sense, you know, and, and I still enjoy them from time to time today, you know, but, yeah. uh, but it's like you're saying, having a healthy balance and figuring out what that is for you is so important. And I, I think like, as far as life goes, you know, finding those balances in that way, um, are, are what help you be more successful, you know, are there habits you would say you have that, uh, healthy habits that help you become a better poker player or, or as great of one as you are, or is it super far diving deep into just playing as much as possible or what, what is it for you? I think for almost everyone, the only, um, let me think, I mean, you could say all this, you know, eating healthy and all that stuff probably has some kind of effect, but not that much. I think mm-hmm. at least not for me, for other people, it matters more. I think just depending on their physiology. But one thing I think really does help with absolutely everyone is something like meditation. Because it's like literal because in poker it's super important to be Zen and not 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 so much Zen, but just not let the emotions affect your actions. Uh that's and I mean being Zen it also helps like most very successful poker players are very yeah. calm and don't get too stressed out about all this shit. They don't go like most of them don't uh I mean they can go uh, yeah, a lot of them don't go super high and super low, I would say. Um a lot of them are kind of stable. But there are exceptions for sure that are also really successful. Mm. Are you saying in, in the sense that, um, for especially for people who don't play a lot of poker, if you're not as zen, uh, you become more reactive and you're more likely to make a wrong decision that would cost you a lot? Is that kind of what you're saying? My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, to be precise, there's there's two um, just two things going on. Uh, yeah, basically, but it's important to note that if you can handle the emotion, 
uh, and still respond with it with you know with uh, equanimity, then it's fine. But it's easier if you don't have those like this wide range of emotional swings. These are actually two different things. And in fact, as it turns out in spirituality, I've heard, I've read that you can in fact increase your your emotional volatility. Uh, there's a practice in Zen that a uh, Zen specifically that I think opens yourself up to that. I was reading; it was really interesting because I was reading about this guy who like burned himself alive and didn't even flinch. I was like, yeah. "How's this even possible? It's like a miracle." And it turns out there's two different practices: one that closes off emotion, um, and one that uh, or one that does that, and then there's or like equalizes with it somehow. And there's one that can make you more. Make you more, um, how do you say, uh, have more volatility and more perception and have like a more uh-huh. dynamic experience. Yeah, my buddy Robbie Master in high school had the book, um, The Tao of Pooh, with like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like Zen, like Tao, Taoism, um, like for dummies kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Just like a really simple way of understanding um, those principles. Yeah. So I kind of like got into that from him and that book and like learning about it a little bit in high school. It's, it's pretty fascinating to me and makes sense in poker that you'd have to be super on it. And yeah. like, cause, cause, uh, just for the audience, like we met through, uh, Justin Smith and mm-hmm. had the pleasure of hanging, um, and, and playing a friendly game of poker. Like I'm very, emotional when I play anything really. So I get like super excited or like, I don't yeah. get like angry and sad or whatever, but like yeah. I just show excitement and celebrate when I'm, if I'm do, doing good. Yeah. Um, so I definitely struggle with that. And I love hearing that, you know, to be at that top level, you just have to have like incredible emotion control and like, you can't really emote cause people can pick up on a tell, right? Like yeah. people will be like, Oh, there you go. Yeah. Like if he's right, would that be one of the big things is like making sure you're not giving off a tell too? Oh, that totally matters. Uh, uh, to reiterate, like you can have a big, a lot of emotional, you know, you can, you can show your emotions and some, or have that capacity to show them. It just requires some kind of control to be able to like discipline them to, to some extent, it's particularly when you're making plays, uh, making bluffs or, or that kind of thing. But one thing I'll tell you is that uh, uh, it seems like a lot of the tells go away the more you actually play. That's my experience. And the more experienced the poker player is, and there's a bunch of different reasons for this, the more experienced the poker players are, usually the less tells that they have and the more like they've worked at it and that kind of thing. Um, and everyone has like some tells, especially in the beginning. You know, like people, you know, said I had tells and all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, of course it's important. It, but it matters more in the beginning, I would say. Um, I mean, it can, it, it's possible to pull off a full on act and like not give off tells and just do all this shit, but you know, just have a whole talking game. Like some people have a bit of it. It's just kind of difficult just because it's easy to like mess with your head and think like, did they think that I had that? And did they do this yeah. because I had that? Like, it's super easy to think something like that. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I, I've loved seeing, you know, in films too. I mean, uh, James Bond, you know, when, they use the tells against the other, you know, uh, mm. players. Yeah. Um, there's some really fascinating stuff. And, and when we played too, like it was, I couldn't read you to save my life. I, and I don't have <laughs> had a ton of experience in poker. Right. And, uh, but I knew Justin was really great. Morton's, uh, uh, loves poker as well. We had a lot of fun playing with him, but, um, 
I would, I, I want to know, like, is what is about you that you've discovered that sets you apart from most other poker players? That's a good question. I think a big thing for me personally, I mean, one thing, I don't know if it sets me so much apart or not. Maybe people don't realize that they do this, but a big thing is I always believed in like what the truth was. And I just thought, well, if I really like focus on that and really honest with myself um, and, you know, really like make sure like, you know, I'm not fooling myself with biases and things like that. It's just true that in poker that you'll win if you, as long as the more honest you are with yourself and the more, you know, objective you are at, at figuring out where you're at and what you need to do and that kind of thing, um, and acting on it and like having the balls to do it, uh, the more successful basically you'll be. Um, that that's a general thing, but I think one unique thing to me is I, uh, I tend to be the type of person that I like kind of make uh, assessments based off of my own experience of like what works best against the actual population against like the whole population that I'm playing at playing against and then adjust. I like kind of make sort of reads on people like immediately. And then I keep adjusting them at uh, quite fast, depending on what information they give just based on my experience, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you can tell a little bit, but you can't really tell too, too much. It depends on things that people say or, Depends on, you know, hands they show, like that kind of thing. But you have to, like, be very observant. Yeah. Uh, whereas a lot of people don't necessarily do it like that. They have, their like, their game, and they don't really adjust it too much. So I have a fun question. What, what was, like, the very first, like, big money game or tournament that you entered where you're like, okay, like, I could, I could lose a ton here and, like, really got the blood flowing and was like, this is a, a big money game? Um, let me think. What was the big? Depends what we're talking about. Big. I, I think. I mean, the first time I played live, I was playing like fifty hundred, but maybe that wasn't the biggest. I was playing five hundred one k before then. I played two hundred, four hundred, a little bit. I played against, I think, around two hundred, four hundred, or one hundred, two hundred was when I played online and I played it against like, I think I played it against Tom Dwan um, pretty fast after I had played it. And, you know, in fact, when I had first started, I was playing, you know, $2, $200 buy-in. We're looking at watching Tom on TV and thinking, oh, oh my God, this guy is like such a great player. Uh, and I just never even imagined that I'd be playing this guy. And all of a sudden I'm playing him at 200 400 you know, $40,000 buy-in. And, uh, you know, even beating him. And it was like, okay, this is a little bit different. Was, That's crazy. Was that the one where he kind of had the challenge out of, like, if you beat him, then you get paid type of thing? Or, like, was that what I was reading about? Where it was, like, you beat, you beat him and you get, uh, like, a million bucks and you got to take him on over a certain amount of hours. Was that something that I was reading about? Uh, we did do that, Yeah. That's what followed afterwards because I did beat him uh, as a result of this. In fact, I had a session where he was, in fact, destroying me. He was he had won 500K, had been winning 500K. I was about to quit. And I decided, okay, if I lose, like, my bankroll went from, went from 1.5 million to $1 million. And I had, like, you know, I said, okay, if I lose this next 40,000, I'm going to quit. But I didn't. 
And from that moment, I just kept smashing him. I started playing a little bit more aggressive, aggressive than him and just smashing him and running him over. It was re- su- such a bizarre twist. And I ended up winning the 500000 back plus another 500000 wow. And he yeah. sat out. This was before <laughs> the challenge. Uh, uh, in fact, but when he issued the challenge to me, I had beat him out of like 35 buy-ins, which was like over a million dollars already. Wow. That is awesome. That's so cool. Um, do you have a favorite kind of person that you like to play against? Uh, and, and I say that in the sense of, do you prefer playing against pros? Do you prefer playing online? Someone who's had so much success online, do you prefer playing friendly games at, at home or, uh, you know, just with, with people you just met that, you know, maybe aren't pros at all? But do you uh, have a favorite kind of person you like to play with? Uh, I kind of do all of the above. I mean, a lot of the times when I play live, it's it's... Barely, you know, there's a lot of fun involved and it's not super competitive. I'm not really out for blood so much. Live depends on the game. Like the other day I was playing uh, in Austin and we're playing like what, like 400, 800, 1600. I mean, yeah, I'm out for blood for the most part then. I keep it loose and try to give a bit of action, but like I'm trying to win. Um, The ideal kind of opponent when we're trying to make money is one that always folds. Because if someone always folds, you, you have a really high chance of winning. And I feel like that's me a lot. It's, it's, yeah, why is that? Well, it's because you can't win in the pot if you always fold. But in ring, it tends to be actually quite good against everyone else because most poker players are too, most people are just afraid. They're just not really bluffing. So it's actually quite good to fold all the time versus most people. Mm. But there's like the people that are more fun to play with are the people that are like busting out moves and, you know, adding a little spice in there and like really playing back at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So against them, like it's it's not good to always fold. Against them, you want to like just just call yeah. all the time or the call is good, quite good. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like you're you're meant to fold a bit in in Texas Hold'em, right? Oh yeah, in ring yeah. you got to fold quite a lot. Yeah, uh, it's usually good actually. Um, it's just uh, it's just if you're playing against someone. If you're just playing as someone who like knows what they're doing and is bluffing all the time, then it becomes bad. But collectively, most people don't do that, and on average, people don't pe- people don't do that. So it's like better like you know wait for the right spots and that kind of thing. It's actually better to do the opposite and like you know uh, put them to the test a, a bit. Nice. So I have a question about advice. For like new poker players, like in this era of like, you can play kind of online, you can go to a casino even, or, you know, what would be your advice for like a new kind of poker player that is trying to get in and maybe follow in your footsteps and like try to go pro or or do something like that? Like what would be kind of the best ways of doing that? One thing I'm kind of realizing is firstly, before even like recommending how to do that, is it actually does seem like probably a pretty good job if you're decently successful. You don't need to go to college. You can make money within like a handful of months. Depends how good you are, talented you are, or how much money you have, or if you find the right spots. Uh, and you can set your own schedule and kind of, I mean, you can go traveling pretty easily, like go to, yeah. go to Europe and just live there pretty good, or live here or whatever. You can do whatever you want. So it's becoming like, I've been starting realizing it kind of is almost a dream job yeah. in many ways. Um, uh, if you're trying to learn, 
few things. One, start as small as possible. Two, find good rakeback deals if you play online. Probably play online at the very start. What is rakeback? Rakeback is they, they give you a percent back because like they, that's how the rooms take money. They yeah. they take a little of pots. You need to make sure you don't get fucked on the rake. That's quite important. Um, you, you want to find like the right spots and then you want to try to learn as small as possible for real money and just like study and all of that and keep trying stuff and keep trying bluffs to be honest yeah. because uh, most of these guys will just like y- you can you can run over them quite a bit yeah. and there's like quite a bit of money in that and that's where you learn fastest so you get fucked up a little bit kind of fast <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, that's so funny or like uh yeah I mean, if you're trying to beat your friends and keep studying and keep trying stuff uh not too big stakes that kind of thing i yeah. love it a, f- a friend of ours um jeff gross who's a friend of all of ours um was giving us a little bit of insight into uh poker he came on as well and mm-hmm. did a podcast with us we gave um, you a shout out of course yeah oh, thank you yeah of course <laughs> of course and yeah, jeff um, was cool He's so cool, man. He's such a good he really guy. Is. Um, and also, you know, so he's so fun to be around. And he's so, such a good guy, such a talented player as well, you know. And so you learn a lot. Just like when we played with you, you were teaching us pretty much the majority of the time, which we really appreciated. Um, but he was saying, uh, he was kind of the, the inside of it. It's like you think you have when you play, I think from somebody who doesn't play much for, you know, ever for cash or anything like that, um, that you're going to be going up against all these pros and you're going you're gonna to get beat out all the time and this, all this stuff and his perspective was like no i've got friends that will never play against pros and they've made millions of dollars they just it's just about being essentially the best at the table oh yeah yeah that's the funny thing that's the weird thing about poker it's like one of the only careers where you don't have to be that good if you've already succeeded at something so first of all there's like two types of people that would start one the person who's got like no money or whatever um and you're not against exactly the sharpest of the sharp when you're like in this situation, all you got to do is beat people who don't know what the hell's going on. Um, so all you need, you just need to figure out the basics and all that. So in that situation, you don't need to be like that good to be professional, uh, really. Um, and then, I mean, it's still hard, but maybe not as hard as becoming a lawyer these days where AI might take your job. Like that's very realistic all of a sudden where AI is not going to take your job. Well, depends. Uh, it's just a little bit of a threat. It, it depends. But anyway... For the successful people, um, it is unique in that they don't have to become a pro at all. They can just play against their friends who are, you know, uh, other businessmen or influencers or, you know, in production or actors or whatever. Uh, All you have to do is be able to beat those guys and then uh, you're making money. It's kind of that simple. And Mm. like, I like as a pro, I totally understand. You don't necessarily need to play pros. Like, why? Like <laughs> right, <laughs> pros are good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that makes sense to me. Like you get to pick who you play with, right? <laughs> yeah, just find a buddy with a loose wallet, and you know, go go play a couple hands. Huh? Well, speaking of uh, playing pros, what was that first World Series of Poker bracelet like? Like winning that and that experience? Can you take us there a little bit? Uh, are you talking about the one where I uh, ended up uh, dressing as Goku and dying? My hair blue. That that yes. would be it, I believe. We want to talk about that too, about, about your amazing uh, costumes and outfits. Yeah. All right. So I was interviewed for the WS for I was interviewed for the um, for the 
that that particular tournament, the Poker's Players Championship tournament, it's kind of a prestigious prestigious tournament. This has got nine games, and they asked me some like generic question of like, how do you feel uh, about your chances of winning the tournament? And most people give this boring answer, but the truth, which is like, oh, like it's uh, I'm not that likely to win, but you know, I'm feeling pretty confident I could beat the field and. I've been studying and like I know these games and I've got this edge for this reason or whatever. And I just decided, you know what, let's get some ridiculous answer and say, <laughs> you know what, it's my destiny to win. So I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> when you got destiny on your side, like, who cares? <laughs> I think that's Maybe. a good answer for everything now. Amazing. Destiny. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> that's what they do in the cartoons, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the first time I played it, I actually got sixth place. So I got pretty close. Mm. And then the next year I decided, you know what? I'm going to run with this joke. I'm just going to say, no, I was kidding about, I was speaking about this year. This is the year. And I just kept like rambling on and on, on like Instagram. Like, no, I like, that's my destiny to win. They're keeping the million dollars warm for me. All this stuff. And then all of a sudden I made the final table and in my head. I'm just going, oh my God, I made the final table. This is so crazy. Uh, how do I make this crazier? I might as well just go all the way. And I uh, decided, all right, guys, I'm going to dye my hair blue like they do in uh, Goku when Goku goes into God mode. And I found like a costume. And in fact, as I'm walking through fashion show mall in Las Vegas, I like decide to go into a candy store because I like, you know, I like a like, nice sweet every now and then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and who, who I doesn't? find, huh? Yeah. Who, who doesn't, right? Yeah. And so I find. No joke, I find candy from that cartoon. I was deciding at the time which cartoon to dress up as. Uh, candy from the cartoon, Goku, uh, what is it, Goku? Is it Dragon Ball Z? Dragon Ball it? Z, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, like the sensu beans that heal you when you're like, uh, yeah, when you're you're beat up. They get, they hit, they little candy beans. Yeah, yeah. They called them sensu beans. I thought, wow, I have to buy this. And like a, a power boost energy drink. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Literally, destiny finding the sensu beans as you're already going as oh, Goku man. is perfect. I, I selfishly wish you dressed like that today. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm getting ready actually to. Uh, I just um, I didn't go all the way insane, but uh, I I'm getting ready to go on stream actually, okay. and I uh, I'm dressing as uh, Macho Man. He actually, there you go. He wore like a similar jacket yeah. like this. I mean, it, it was it was over the top insane jacket. This one's like a bit of spice, but it's like I can fit into normal society wearing <laughs> so, this. Yeah, and I got like a hat and some glasses and all that. Uh, That's but, incredible. My uh, my buddy, um, we just did Young Rock, the TV show, and he plays uh, Macho Man. So I got to see a, a whole array of outfits and, and all the sunglasses and the gloves <laughs> and everything. Like, yeah, it, it's pretty cool, man. I love that. That's that's great. That's a great uh, great outfit. It was just the finale too. So yeah. Brock's Hulk Hogan, and then you you have all like the Golden Age wrestlers kind of around, like Macho Man and all that. It's yeah. it's really cool, and it, they do it really really well. Um, but like, yeah, that's great. That's destiny right there. I mean, that's like yeah, the prime time wrestlers. <laughs> I oh man. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was the the next one I won. I just dressed up as him and just kept talking. Like it was all tongue in cheek, but I said. And was rambling on about it. Oh, yeah, I'm the cream of the crop. And all these guys have no chance. And I brought a towel for them to cry on. <laughs> and, and the, that's so that's good, dude. awesome, dude. <laughs> so, so, was that, so the Goku, and then you get to the final table, and then there it is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
How did that, that moment feel? Uh, pretty amazing. I, uh, you know, I prepare, uh, especially when the guy, you know, is like a moment straight out of the cartoons. I was run, I ran out of sensu beans and they even pointed it out. Oh, you're running out of sensu beans. And, um, you know, the one guy who's been chipper the entire time is talking shit. Uh, and you know, he, we play this hand where he makes this fold. That's like not even out of this. It doesn't even make sense out of the universe. Like a one in 10,000, it's like literally one in a decade kind of hand. It's like this insane. This guy folds top pair for the smallest amount possible in a limit bet game. Um, it's completely insane fold and obviously blew up the internet. And from that moment forward, uh, they didn't realize I had a power boost left over. <laughs> so I took a sit up specific on the power boost and I started gaining a lot of chips and became shift leader. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, and yeah, I ended up winning. So I obviously my mind is completely blown that I actually won this thing. And so, so that fold was <laughs> so that is what, like that makes me want to watch poker even more now. Dude, yeah. like that's a show you put on a show for people. And that's one of the coolest things is because it's already so entertaining for a fan of poker, you know, yeah. of Texas Hold'em to watch it and to be a part and see what because it's like it's a never ending cycle. It's always something interesting going on and it always keeps you engaged. But when you do that extra layer, of like the sensu beans, the power boost, dude, dressing up like Goku, um, all the other outfits you've done too. But that makes it 10 times more engaging and entertaining to where it's like, oh, we're going to talk about that for years. You know, that's going to be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Right? We're going to remember that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And you give that to people and that's really cool, man. Well, that's what, um actually, that's what's gotten me interested. Uh, or one, that's one thing I realized that a lot of these, uh, a lot of these things like wrestling and, uh, like sports kind of have is they've got the, all the drama. They've got like the show. They've got like the whole storyline going. Whereas poker could totally have that. If you'll just like injected a bit of that life into it. Uh, and we really, it would really spice things up. And I think it would appeal to a larger audience than simply the diehard poker fans that are looking for like, you know, these technical details that most people just won't care about. Like, you know, this check raise hand that, you're supposed to have in this one spot and the, the, you know, the 10% bluffs that you're supposed to have in this other spot or like this obscure play. Um, and I think, yeah, like you're saying, it makes things a lot more fun. And this is partly why also I've been interested in the arts. It's one of the reasons there's a few reasons, but and there's much more it, the arts themselves are not exact, are not constrained in the, in like a box. They're not like able to be figured out. And they're always like expand mind expanding in some kind of way. Whereas like, you know, if you play certain kinds of poker or certain kinds of games like tic-tac-toe, tic-tac-toe is boring as shit. You already know what this, this the solution is boring. You know what the solution is and you just play it and you hope the other guy makes a mistake if you're playing for money. Um, whereas like the arts, it, it creates a totally new, adds a no, totally new dynamic to the whole thing. And yeah, some are fun. I mean, that's like another whole dimension like you're saying i love hearing that because i totally agree like i was at the 49er game when terrell owens busted out the sharpie and signs the ball right like there's so many fun kind of extracurricular things you can do with like sports and entertainment and the other thing was like imagine if like next time you know you get an actual dragon ball z sponsor and then they like get a professional like costume maker to like make you something you know what i mean oh that'd be amazing right right like they could have like this whole kind of monetary element too and i know you wouldn't do it like for the money you do it for like the cool costume and the story and all that but like i think i totally agree i think it should be embraced and and supported 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, exactly what you're saying with the you know the arts and the creative aspect. Of it. It's kind of limitless. Is that's why I love acting, man. It's you. You're one. You're always having fun, uh, but it's also there's no limit, and it, it's fully creative. It's it's being creative versus being competitive. You know, and mm-hmm. you sometimes and most of the time you can mix those two, uh, and it has a whole different element. But uh, yeah, with with the arts too, and with you know acting and and poker and and everything, there's no limit to what you can do, and that's the cool thing is that you're you're made, you made it your own already, you know, mm-hmm. and you're bringing your own spin, your own element, and but you're also one of the best at it too. So right. it makes it that much cooler, man. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We have to play another game, dude. Uh, sure, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. I'd love to. Yeah. We- Oh, those is that the cards right there? Is yeah, the I brought box? them just as like a you know, there's a little set right here. Hell yeah! I know we don't have time for like an actual game, but um, but no, yeah, we I, we got to do seven another game, and when Jeff's back in town too, we should all get together and uh, uh, do a little something, do a night together or something like that. Yeah, sure. Fun. Yeah, yeah. We'd love that. All right, sweet. Yeah, yeah, man. What was what was your best or favorite like heads up match? Like, have you have you had any like crazy fun or interesting like one on ones? Just like you know, go to the end with it? Um, yeah, I've had a lot of them. Uh, one interesting thing that you learn from paying a lot of heads up poker, if you remember your experiences a lot, is there's, I've had tons of matches where I just got smashed by the, uh, the other guy for ages and ages and ages, or vice versa. Like, actually, I'll give you one in a second, vice versa of where vice versa happens, and just all of a sudden, you know, you end up and you come back winning. Yeah, I mean that's like kind of a beautiful thing of life too. Like, there's all kinds of examples of like of like this in history where things like this have happened, and you know, it's uh, it's it's a very it it adds and it's something that it adds a new layer of an emotional experience to it. Right. Uh, not always a pleasant one. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pleasant when it goes uh, when you're losing in the beginning and you end up winning. That, that's the way you want to try it. Not uh, starting out high and getting smashed. That's not pleasant. <laughs> But um, one that was particularly moving for me was I played a cylinder, uh, Victor Blom, if you guys know who that is. Of course, yeah. He's like, you know, he run his money up to like, you know, it's like $5 million and like lose like all of it in a day or two days. Wow. He did that like multiple times. And when he first started playing, he played me at 2550 and people don't know this for the most part, but he, I like beat him at a 100K at 2550. That's 20 buy-ins. I thought I was better than this guy. So, you know, all of a sudden, sitting at 100, 200, so I decide, okay, I'll play this guy 100, 200. And he just demolished me. He, I, he won 25 buy-ins at 100, 200, about 500K. Uh, and at that time, it was like half my bankroll. Oh, uh, wow. Like, that was, that's, that's, a big hit. that's not the way you want to go. You want to go the other <laughs> way. You want to get smashed for a long time, and the guy thinks, oh, this guy's, terrible like whatever i can beat him any day of the week he gets he he gets complacent and all of a sudden uh comes back and things are totally the other way yeah and it's like what the fuck just happened kind of thing uh and i have many matches like that uh gus hansen was an example of that where he gus hansen beat me at five and or one k for a while at cat plo but i uh you know I, I met, I ended up playing with him live and I just like kept beating him over and over and mixed for a really long time, mixed games. Uh, and he kept trying to play me and he'd like bet against me all the time. And it just always went badly. <laughs> and then like one day I, uh, I actually played him on uh, LSD 
Uh, <laughs> also <laughs> one. That is fucking amazing. Oh, man. <laughs> How do you do the calculations? It was just, just feeling it, huh? Destiny. I was just feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> Bad luck for that guy. Man. We, just, we played some some funny hands on uh, on LST. The, the, I played some like a couple one in one in decade kind of hands as well. Wow. Um, and uh, you, I could actually I remember I could actually think quite lucidly. Is the funny thing, right? It wasn't what I expected. I was like very coherent. Yeah. What, what's it? What's it like uh, being on LSD? What does that? What does that feel like? Or what is it? Uh, uh, what was that experience like? Well, I never took like a huge amount. I only took it like twice ever. And the first time, I, I just remember being. It was like a very clean high. It was something like being high on weed, but I was like in a really positive mood the entire time. And I could just think really coherently. That's that's what I remember. Um, whereas on weed, in fact, if t- you know, I've had weed plenty. Uh, I'm not really much of a smoker, but I can't think straight straight on weed. I'm like kind of paranoid and um, all that, and second guessing myself all the time, and just like looking at things in strange ways. Um, and the second time I took acid, uh, I didn't really feel a whole lot actually, but maybe I didn't take that much. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you have? Uh- Anyone that was an idol or anybody you really looked up to in poker that you eventually got to play with? Yeah, um, all of them. A lot of them, actually. <laughs> this is a good question. That my idols kept changing uh, because you know after you meet them and you meet your idols and all that, you know now they're your they're your uh, how do you say it? that you're the peers and peers, friends, friends sometimes yeah. partners, uh, people you work with, competitors. One group of people was the card runners instructors who were these guys on these training sites that I thought were like really good. And within a couple of years, I ended up playing them and beating most of them. Um, like all those guys, I looked up to all those guys, those training instructors, guys. Uh, they were kind of my idols. Like Phil Ivey was an idol. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe Tom was to a degree and I ended up playing a lot with both of them. That's cool. I ended up playing a lot with both of them actually in Asia. There's like super wow. private and super high sticks games that were going on in uh, Manila. Like, I, have a, I have a question about that. I didn't mean to cut you off, but whenever you're ready. Oh, uh, sure. Go ahead. So, did you tweet that you lost five million in Manila? Was that, did that happen? Did I read that wrong? That is correct, but it was <laughs> not most of my money, to be fair. <laughs> It was mostly not my money, in fact, and it was accurate. And then I was told not to talk about things like that because you know the private games are private for a reason. Private yeah. cash games are, you know, the VIPs don't want their information to spread out too much. So I had to be like quite nondescript. Okay, is that the word? Um, but I, I, didn't, I couldn't discreet, talk about yeah. discreet. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had all kinds of big swings. There. Okay, well, we can cut that part out. We're not live. That's uh, fine. But. Well, now I can talk about things a bit. I just can't talk about like, I mean, I don't even know the guys' names because they're all in Chinese, right? So Right, you're I just like. I don't know their like Chinese names. I knew I knew like their code names. They all had code names. Um, they, they're kind of cool. goofy with their that's, code names. Dude, that's, that's like Casino yeah. Royale or something. That's dope. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, is there anybody out there that... Maybe you've tried to for years or or maybe you only played one time with them, but that you've never beaten and you've always wanted to beat. Is there anybody? Um, 
Let's see. There's a couple now that most people don't know too much about. This dude, Stefan Chidwick, be good to beat. Uh, like he's apparently like, he's kind of like the opposite personality of me in that he's very like, very disciplined and he knows everything precisely. And he's just like so precise. He knows everything perfectly and is very like, um, it's very uh, optimal, uh, kind of guy. Whereas like, I don't exactly work that way. I, I kind of take a lot of heuristics. Let's, let's say it like that. I don't like to know, you know, the precise details. I think it's like usually not worth it to go into like super granular attention to detail, but he's supposedly like the best tournament player. Uh, he's supposed to be super good. Like he, he like also does the same fucking thing every single hand. I mean, it's like, like that must be brutal, but also like imagine the mental discipline you need to be able to do that. You like pick up your chips, you take two seconds and you put them into the oh, pot, like that so kind yeah, of shit. Zero tell, basically. Yeah, it's the like, same every time. It's like the literal poker ter- terminator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was, I, was, I was thinking machine. Man. Yeah, I was just gonna say robotic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow, um, that, that, that's a good name for somebody. <laughs> yeah, the poker terminator. Poker terminator. <laughs> there, there was another guy who I thought was like this, named uh, what was his name? Is is like this dude named Mustafa Bats, Matt Ashton. He's super good at mixed. Like the is like one of the best. He's one of the best at like horse the limit mix games, and he did something like that a bit too. But it turns out he was a bit spicier than I thought. Uh, <laughs> like he one day, I don't know how much I should say, but he <laughs> one day like gets into apparently got into this moment, uh, this phase where he like believed in all these conspiracy theories and all this stuff. We like hung out with the rhino once, which is really a random surprise, and he's yeah. And then, uh, what else happened? Um, it's got a few, a few crazy dresses up his sleeve. Yeah, that one just really came out of the blue. I just had no idea to expect that side of him. Interesting. Any of those yeah. sides. That's what's so cool, man. Uh, the more I learn, the more I hear about poker, it's, there's, there's plenty of ways to skin the cat, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of different ways to attack it, and some methods are more successful than others, but yeah. personality types and you know, the way people play. Um, but it is a fun game. It is a really fun game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've been playing it a little bit more lately. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I first learned when I was a kid, my, my mother's godfather is actually uh, Steve Miller from the Steve Miller Band. And yeah. we'd go to his place and my, me and my older brother, we'd play um, seven card draw or five card draw, five card draw. And, uh, Hold'em, it didn't really take off yet, right? It wasn't like the World Series of Poker wasn't doing Hold'em and all that yet. So it wasn't. But five card draw was awesome. And we, you know, it would be very, very small um, pots, like not much money at all. And, and it was just an incredible way of like coming together, hanging out, spending time with family. And we all, it was fun. It was teachable moments. And like, I think there's something very um, kind of communal about it. Right. And like, mm-hmm. I think that's what really stood out to me about it was like, you can all get together, you can hang and like, just like the game Brock mentioned of like all of us just hanging out, you know, no one's, we're, we're not, you know, paying out all this stuff. We're just having fun getting together and, and, um, you know, it forces you to get together without a, without a cell phone or whatever and like just chill. So like, I, I really, to me, it's like, I love that aspect of it, but it's a, it's a cool way to, to hang with friends and to meet new people. And like, uh, you know, some of your friends who, 
you know, you, you've known for so long, you can play with and you see a whole different side of them and then it gets competitive and then <laughs> a lot more fun. So we, uh, we, we've had a lot of fun. It's a great, it's such a great game. Um, I remember when I, I lived with my aunt and uncle, uh, when I was in high school for a little bit and, uh, my uncle doesn't gamble, but loves, he's, he's hyper he's got like 168 IQ. He's crazy smart, uh, oh, loves wow. poker, man. And so we would watch the uh, world poker, uh, tournaments and, uh, we'd play, and it's like our family tradition to play poker uh, every Thanksgiving that we get together. So, Hell yeah. Um, that's kind of how I was introduced to it and, and really fell in love with the, with the the game. But it's uh, it is a fascinating game. There's so many different characters too, man. That's I always always love watching like the Unibomber dude, you know. Not the real one. Yeah, not the real one. But yeah, and Phil Ivey and like all those guys, man. Just that that we saw early on were just um, inspiring to see it and then to see how high level you can play the game too you know mm -hmm. it's a good time man yeah should we should we play Let's... a quick round nfl total access the podcast is getting you ready for the 2024 nfl draft i'm your host andrew levy and i'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest nfl news including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Like, like, that'd like, be kind of cool. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do that. Like, five hands fun or way to end it. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Let's get it going. Let's make it quick. You'll help us decide how to, uh, poker. <laughs> um, how to split these chips real quick. What do yeah, we do? let me get that. What should we do? We'll move the quartz and the obsidian. All right, we're going to get three stacks. Three stacks. Let's go. I need I'm taking this Buddha one. and Bobblehead to give me energy. Yeah, you can take the quartz. I got obsidian. Do you need uh this? Okay. Uh yeah, so you need this what? or no? I guess every one of the chips will be equal. Oh no. Okay, I got another idea. Is there more? Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> this is awesome. For dramatic effect, I'm going to go all in on the first hand. No. <laughs> no. It'll be heads up with you guys. <laughs> it's going to look like a big game, huh? I'll just give two stacks. Oh, cool. All right, the blacks are equal to the whatever. It's they're, all equal, all right? The same. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. All right. it's I actually two. got uh, a crystal, a, a few crystals somehow. Uh, I, I I had this story of like how like I thought it was like ridiculous. Yeah. When when it was first offered, and then I like rationalized in my head. Well, maybe, well maybe like I don't really know if they work, and they're quite cheap. So if they do work, it's actually a good idea to get them. Yeah. <laughs> and if they don't work, it's not that big of an investment. Minimal <laughs> risk, high reward. Exactly. Yeah. You uh, just you sit around with like all these crystals sitting around you and you win every hand. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Should I be small blind? I've yet to use the power of the crystals. Two in for big. That one I don't know. Uh, sure. Uh, so all chips are even. All right. So I'll start with the button. We'll play three hands. Okay, well, Gotta call that. I have to go in because we have. Yeah, I can't fold. Of yeah. course not. I, unfortunately, I can't fold. All right. Oh yeah. Okay. Just what okay. I needed. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bet to me. Yeah. Nothing like a flush draw, you know. I'll I'll go too. Oh, it's that cheap. I call. Oh, that's <laughs> There we go. Oh, buddy. Interesting. That's to you. I call. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I'll check. He's going to bet. Oh, you're going to check? Yes. Oh, this is I dangerous. Love it. I love dangerous, it. Dangerous hand right here. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's see. Three, six, nine. If I call this, they will know I'm the worst poker player at this table, so I'm going to fold. Oh, that's uh, something to keep. It's something. That's something at stake there. Uh, that that might also be the same for me. I, uh, I have to be halfway serious, so I'm gonna fold. <laughs> okay, yeah. hey, I, yeah, I'm the yeah. flesh. We show ours. I had nine two hearts. Oh shit! You actually had like our huge hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jeez. I got got lucky with the uh, club at the end. Yeah, but none of us had anything, which is yeah. what it's unfortunate. Right. Yeah. If I. Yeah, there's nothing there. This is so the cool. second time I've played on a podcast. Is it? Yeah. Hell yeah. I played like another one where if I won, I got uh I got a gift. And if I lost, I had to like buy this guy uh like tickets to a baseball game. Or something <laughs> like this. And I lost. <laughs> yeah. He's like rig the whole game just so you get those baseball tickets. <laughs> what what uh, city was it in? Like what team did he want to go to? I forget the team, but it was in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. All right. So you're you're the button next. Okay. There we go. Does that mean is that? So it's like here. Oh, see. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll just come in. All right. I'm gonna raise. I knew you were. The. I'm, I'm out. I got nothing. 
I'm staying in. There we go. So I, good, I, I, one of us has to stay in. Let the cards do the work. Wow, look at that. What a beautiful drop. It's a good time to tr- show off my chip tricks. There you go. Check this out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Some people are like, I'm not even that good. I just <laughs> felt like things would be goofy. Better than me. Woo. I can't do any of that. Oh, it's to me? The dealer's actually really good at this stuff. It surprised me. Are they? Yeah. I did not expect that. They show me all these moves. Yeah, well. Check. All right. Let's see what he's going to do. All right. Well, I bet. <laughs> Three? Six. Here we go. It's so funny looking at the whites and this is my pot. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, because the whites are typically smaller uh, value. I'll do four. All right, I'm going to make it uh, 15. Ooh, buddy, 15. we got a big one. All right. <laughs> that this four, is five, be six crazy. is dangerous right there. Two, four, five, six, man. It's more dangerous in this game. Yeah, I'm going to check. <laughs> I'm going to check too. Oh, <laughs> I man. like it. I like it. You definitely have more than me. You have I, got to. A, I got the 10 six. Yeah, I've got a queen high. Oh, oh, bro! <laughs> I was, I was, no, I was gonna ride it out. I wanted to river it because I thought it'd be funny. Oh, because you had Jack. No, I was no, going no. for nothing. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just wanted to ride it out. That was a good one. Yeah, way to ride it out. We should have thrown twenty dollars on this. <laughs> I'll do that when I have something on the table. There you go. Sweep them up. There was like a pretty good chance I was bluffing. To be fair, I um, thought you were bluffing, and then you, you did hit the river pretty good. You know. Want me to deal with one? I had no idea what you were doing, to be honest. I just knew you probably had a better chance than me. And I. <laughs> you're just going for it, dude. You got to go that's, for it. It's a very ambitious spot. Uh, yeah. I mean, this, it's hard to. Well, I know, I know yeah. we're also only playing like three hands. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're right. I'm trying to. And three hands for like. Spice it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. Three hands for no money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the lowest stakes can go, I think this is the lowest stakes game in poker history. <laughs> I would say so. There's not much to lose and having a lot of fun. So you're getting a lot out yeah, of it. That's awesome. Uh, you're big blind. Yeah. Big blind. Here so go, you deal me first. Okay. Pocket aces. Let's go. See if we can get that. Oof. Do you ever play a uh, 7 2? Um, Bets to you. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, especially, it's like kind of a joke hand where you like yeah. mess around, like, especially on streams, you can. Make some plays with it. It's, it's a bit more fun. Like people, this it's even for money. People make people make some big plays with it sometimes. Yeah. Dude, they they were playing that the <laughs> other night um, with Jeff and all them, and like, man, the things they did to get seven two because they bet it so hard, right? That you think they have something really good. So it's like, oh man, um, burn one, flip three. Oh, I shouldn't have folded my pocket aces. Dang. Two. I don't okay. think you have it, Will. I like that. <laughs> I, I like the two. Co- okay, okay. This is actually what you're supposed to do a lot. It's like it's a professional play. The really? like just the, sprinkle in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. I like that. So far, with the way I'm playing this hand, it's professional. 
Hell the other yeah. hand, not so professional. Okay, okay. The other one you're just going for, right? Yeah, yeah. The other hand is just, you know, <laughs> yeah, to make a move. All right, here we <laughs> go. Yep, that was it. All right. Got um, a lot of face on the table. I'm going to bet this much. Okay, I got I to gotta do it. That's one, two, three, four, five. It's an over bet. That's a green too. Here we go. Pot's good. Ace on the river. Holy smokes. That is a big, big hand. <laughs> yeah, my pocket aces. I would have had quads, man. Dang, what a shame. Yeah, right. I'm checking. He's You're checking? He's, he's, yeah. That's I'll, I'll check too, just for the All for right. the hell of it. All right, you probably win. <laughs> <laughs> Four seven. <laughs> I, I do. I was going for the straight, but I couldn't get it. You got the king, the high. king high. It's actually like not that insane of a play in a real hand. I mean, no one ever does this, but like, like I can like kind of bluff this run out. Like the queen's not really good for you, right? It because like if you have most aces, you raise preflop, and then you, you can just have some random jack and fold. Be, and facing this, you'll be like, "What the fuck is this?" Because you know I didn't have the ace because I didn't raise early, right? What? You can have the ace, but most aces raise, right? Like if you have an like ace eight or something, you're going to raise. But if you have like ace six, probably not. Right, right. That's so interesting. Yeah, because like when I got the queen, I'm like, oh, if, you know, if I get a 10 or, you know. And it's like, it's such a small sample size just playing like a couple hands too, right? It's like. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming. It was a pleasure having you on. No. Hope to see you again soon. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, thank you for having me as well. Where can people check you out? Like, where are you streaming next? Like, what should we shout out for all your stuff? Uh, I'm on Instagram uh, the, at the Dan, the Dan Cates. I also have a podcast called Winning the Game of Life. Uh, I'm going to be streamed today at um, Live at the Bike. I'm going to be on all the streams. I'll be at uh, the Huster stream, the, the Lodge stream. You name the stream. I'm on it. The Triton stream. Uh, you might not recognize me because I'll be wearing, uh, I'll be dressed in some crazy thing, but <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me in all of the above. But the, the my personal things are at the Dan Cates junk, uh, for Instagram, Jungle Man Dan, Twitter, and my podcast, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, winning the Game of Life, yeah. Hell yeah. There we go, man. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Uh, looking forward to hanging again more, and uh, thanks again. Yeah. Been fun. Thank you for watching Studio 22. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And follow our socials at Studio 22 Podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.